Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. We're in week five of a new normal. Last week, we talked about the power of memory and remembering what God has brought us through, what God has done as he takes us into a new normal, how that propels us. Today, I want to speak to you from the subject of letting go. Letting go. Now, I don't know about you, but I've found as a human being, that's what I am, <laughs> that it can be hard at times to let go. Anybody with me? You're like, you're like, should I keep this toothbrush? I don't know. I have a, a heart connection with it. Uh, you know, there's different things. Maybe you're a little more sentimental than others. Uh, I, through, as we've been married, um, Beth and I, um, we, we, we've never had cable, and so we've watched quite a bit, our first share of PBS. Anybody with me with PBS, okay? We watched a lot of Antiques Roadshow, and you know what? I, if you watch enough of it, you can catch an Antiques Roadshow bug. And if you don't know what Antiques Roadshow is, uh, then let me explain. People bring in objects. Maybe they found them at a garage sale. Maybe it was, it was like buried down in their crawl space. Maybe they found it in some drywall in their house. I don't know. But they find this object and they bring it to the Antiques Roadshow and these experts look at it. It could be a spoon, could be a pot, could be uh, some sort of old time coffee grinder. You know, it could be anything, it could be a blanket. And so the experts will look at it. Some things are, are not worth anything. Actually, probably most of the things aren't, but sometimes you'll find this person and they're like, yeah, I don't know, I was just out and walking around and I looked down and there it was, a fork, you know, and you're like, I picked it up and I thought, hmm, maybe that's worth something. You're like, who are these people? All right, so I brought it in here today and they're like, this fork, sir, you have a real national treasure on your hands. This fork was in the mouth of George Washington and it's worth $13 billion. <laughs> and you're like, that's amazing. So. What, what do you do? You're like, next time you're at a garage sale, this is me, this is my life. Uh, you have your kids, you're like, quiet kids, I'm looking for an antique roadshow collectible. And I'm at this garage sale and I find this painting and I'm like, this is it. <laughs> this is my moment. And I, Beth wasn't with me, of course, to add wisdom. Uh, but anyway, I grab this painting, I buy it, I don't know how much I paid, it was worth it. And uh, I'm like, I literally, I'm not joking, guys. I thought this painting was worth something. And it was worth, well, um, it was worth like antique roadshow something. So I bought this painting and, and I started to Google it. I thought this could be a, a Cezanne. This could be a Monet. This could be a Da Vinci. And I'll, I'll show you the painting right here. This is what I found. Check this out, guys, right here. Pretty good, pretty good. I Googled it. It's worth negative zero dollars, all right? <laughs> this is not by a famous painter. Now, I've had this painting now for years, okay? And it's hanging out up in my attic. In fact, I asked Greg this morning to go run up in the attic and get it. And the thing is, Beth has asked me to get rid of this painting tons of times. She's like, can we please get rid of that painting? I'm like, why would we get rid of it? It could be worth something someday, you know? It's like, it's my painting. I, I, I feel connected to it. That was the painting that I thought would make me on Antiques Roadshow and didn't. It means something to me. I don't know why I keep it. It just hangs out in my attic. 
But I tell you all that to say, how many of you have something like that in your attic that you're like, this is just hard to let go of? That's human nature. It can be hard to let go. And some things can be, you know, benign like a painting in your attic that you just kind of carry through life for no reason. But other things we can carry with us that can actually be things that we're carrying, things that we are holding on to that keep us from going into the new normal God has for us. Sadly, they're not benign like a painting. They're things like a habit or things like a disobedience in your life or, or things where you know God's saying, hey, that has got to go, but we carry them anyway and to the detriment of what God would want to do in our life. You know, God has things for you. I hope as we're walking through this series, you grab hold of that, that you believe that, that God has a new normal for you, that God has a blessed place for you to be, a new promised land for you to live in, a new grace, a new way of speaking to you. But I'm telling you this, there are things in your life that if you don't let go of them, if you don't let God put his hand on them, that they'll keep you from experiencing everything God has for you. And that's why today is so important. Today we're talking about letting go. And the first thing we see in Joshua chapter five is we need to let go of anything that would hinder us from what God has for us. Let go of anything that would hinder us from what God has for us. We'll pick it up. Joshua, Joshua chapter five, verse one. As soon as all the kings of the Amorites, this is after Israel has crossed the Jordan, who are beyond the river Jordan to the west and all the king of the Canaanites who were by the sea, heard the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the people of Israel until they crossed over. Their hearts melted and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a bit shocking because there's a ton of momentum that they've just crossed the Jordan. They've defeated a couple of other kings on the side of the Jordan. They're, they're on what you might think of as a momentum victory lap almost, as it like, there's like people melting in fear. And yet God at this moment says, hey, I want you to stop. Hey, there's some things in your life that you need to take care of. This is a, the covenant of circumcision, the right of circumcision. Circumcision is where there's by surgery, they remove the excess skin from the male organ. And it was given to Abraham saying, you know what? This is a sign of the covenant. But yet Israel for 40 years, have gone through the wilderness and they haven't been keeping this right. And they might be thinking at that time, you know what? We're blessed. Look at everything that's happening. You know, like we're, we're defeating kings. We're crossing rivers. God is supernaturally parting the waters for us. We are on a roll. You know, the problem with when you're walking through that is you're, as, as you get momentum, as you see God doing your life, you can be mistakenly thinking that it's all good. That there's that, you know what? Hey, I'm blessed. It doesn't matter this thing that God wants me to take care of. It doesn't matter this issue, this, this area of disobedience. This is an area of disobedience for Israel. This is something that God had asked them to do, that God had called them to do. It was a sign of a relational covenant with God. And yet they could think, oh, it's no big deal. But God says, you know what? It's such a big deal that before you go on, I want you to stop and take care of this area of disobedience. You know, honestly, this part of Joshua and this part of new normal. This could be one of the greatest areas that keep people from entering the new normal that God has for them. 
is the inability to say, God, if there's something you want me to do, if there's something you want me to let go of, I'll do it because I want everything you have for me. You know, God is not just into moving them into the promised land as though it were just a series of events that like are just going to happen. No, God is intricately concerned about what happens in their life. He cares about the details of their life. And he says, you know what? There's some things before you go in that you're going to need to let go of. You know, in life as a, as a Christian, as a believer, as you're walking with God, there are times where God says, you know what? If you're going to go into the new season that I have for you, you're going to have to let go of some things. I think Hebrews chapter 12 says it so great. This is in the New Testament. This writer is saying, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, talking about the hall of faith. If you read Hebrews chapter 11, it's amazing. As you look at the lives of faith, people that have gone before and saying, we're surrounded by these great people of faith. Faith, let us then throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. What is he saying? He's saying there are things as you are moving towards Jesus, things that as God is working your life, things that where areas where, where God wants to do things in your life that can hinder you or sin that can entangle you. As I talk about this, I want you to think about what God has for you, the things that he's spoken to you, the things that you say, man, I'm believing you for that, or I believe that this is where, what God wants to do in my life. God wants to speak to you in new ways. God wants to move you into a new season of grace and faith and spiritual power and spiritual momentum. But then think, is there an area of your life where God said, you know what, that's got to go. That's hindering you. That's entangling you. You know, these things don't just have to be sin. They can be things that just hinder us from walking in all that God has for us. They can be things like distraction. I can tell you so many times as I've been growing and walking with the Lord, there's been times where God said, hey, you know what? I want you to lay that down. I want you to take a break. I want you to take a moment. That's a distraction for you. You know, it can be like, you know, everybody loves to get into a great show, you know, a great TV show where you're like, oh man, I just got into the characters and it was, you know, I felt like the dialogue was so great or whatever. But there's times where you're like, God says, you know what? Hey, everything, all that noise, it's got to stop. That's hindering you from hearing my voice. You know, if you want to walk into a new normal, you're going to need to be able to hear the voice of God. But sometimes our hearts can get so full of stuff that we're unable to hear what God is speaking to us and you need to throw it off. You're here today and you're walking and you have distraction or maybe, maybe it's sin. Maybe it's sin that entangles you. There's a relationship in your life that you know is sin, that you know you shouldn't entertain, that you know is wrong. And yet you, you still, you still are putting into that. You're still letting, allowing it to be a sin that entangles you, a distraction. And God's saying, you know what? If you want to experience my blessing, that's got to go. And you have to have the conviction and you have to have the courage and you have to be willing to go through the pain and the discomfort to say, God, I want everything that you have for me, because that's when you move into a new normal, you know, and, the, and those things can be uncomfortable. I, 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 I'm just telling you, as you read this passage, especially for the fellas, hello, you're like, that would be uncomfortable. Okay. You know what? Circumcision was supposed to happen on the eighth day. These are grown adults. 
But God is speaking to them and they're saying, you know what? Following God and what God has for us and being in a covenant relationship with him is the most important thing. We're not just conquerors. We're the people of God. God is not just trying to move you from place to place and glory to glory when it comes to the physical life. He's moving you from place to place and glory to glory in a relationship with him. That's valuable to him. God loves you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to work in your life. But you have to be willing to say, God, what are those things that would distract me? What are those things that are habits, God, that I know are there and I keep thinking, oh yeah, I need to take care of that. Oh yeah, I need to take care of that. And oh yeah, I need to take care of that, but I'm not letting go of. And God, you're calling me to let go of. If the Holy Spirit's speaking to you today, I wanna encourage you to follow his leading, to say, God, I want that. You know what's cool in this passage we see as Israel says, okay, well, God, we're gonna do what you've called us to do because it's not just about conquering and it's not just about momentum, but it's about encountering your presence. Instantly, God begins to speak. Instantly, God begins to do things that they can never do on your own, their own. I want you to see this. It says, today, this is after, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. I want you to zone in on I have. That's God speaking to them and saying, you know what, I'm taking away shame and I'm working your life and I'm speaking to you in a new way and I'm building things in you that will allow you to move forward with strength. Instantly, because they said, God, we're willing to get rid of things you want us to get rid of, to follow in obedience in the way you want us to. If you haven't heard God speak to you lately, if you haven't seen God work in your life, Maybe it's because God's saying, hey, I don't want you to move forward and I'm not going to allow you to move forward until you take care of that. But when you do, you're going to sense my presence in a new way. You're going to sense new grace on your life. You're going to sense new mom spiritual momentum. You're going to experience my voice speaking to your heart in a new way. And I'm telling you, that's the best thing ever. It's the best thing you could ever have. If we want to see God move us into a new normal, we have to be willing to let go of anything that would hinder our relationship with him. Secondly, you got to be willing to let go of the past and get ready for new ways God will work in your life. You know, Israel is they're at this place. It's called Gilgal, and this is a significant moment. God has stopped them to speak in them to do a significant work in them. But it's also a moment of huge transition. It's a moment where they're really stepping into the future that God has for them. But in order to do that, they're going to have to let go of the past. Look at this. It says, while the people of Israel were encamped at Gilgal, they ate the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain, and the manna ceased the day after they ate the produce of the land. Now, I know when we read that, we're like, you know, what's the big deal? I guess the manna's gone and they're eating something else. But you have to understand that manna carried a lot of significance for them. Manna was God literally delivering food to them every morning. Manna was, it represented the care and the, the provision of God. Manna was tied to a leader that had recently passed away from them, Moses, a great man of God. And when they see manna, they think of Moses. Have you ever tasted something or you smell something and it instantly throws you back to a place or a time in your life of significance where you're like, man, I just, oh man, all of a sudden I just remember this. This is the last time I ate this. This is the last time I smelled this or whatever. That's what manna was for them. It was something that as they ate it, 
they remembered God taking them through the wilderness. They remembered God meeting them on the mountain. They remembered God working through Moses. They remembered Moses' face shining. Manna was a significant thing that God did in them and through them. But it was time to move on from the manna. God was saying, you know what? You tasted the fruit of the land. Now manna is off the menu, all right? Because I'm taking you to a new day. You know, if we want to walk in the new normal God has for us, we have to be willing to say, you know what? God, I want everything you have for me today. And while the past was wonderful, God, and you did some great things, God, I believe you got new things for today. You know, sadly, so many times people are hindered from what God is doing now because they're so focused on what God did in the past. Man, I remember when, you know, God worked through that worship song. That was the the day, man, when that worship song was so good. And it's like 20 years ago. And it's been the last time, that's the last time you heard a worship song that really spoke to you. And honestly, there's great uh, content and great worship songs out there, but you haven't heard them because you're so focused on the past. You know, or you have that Bible where God, you might remember when I read through this Bible, it's full of highlights and full of writing and your current, you know, you get a new Bible and you're like, well, God doesn't speak to me with this Bible because it's not the Bible, you know, or the translation or, or whatever that thing is, you know, or it can be a time in your life where God really worked in your life. That was in, not that that wasn't significant. It was special. And you remember God speaking to you and, and you can almost get the sense, well, that's when God was really moving in my life. And and God's not really moving now. And God can use those kind of transition moments where there's change happening. God can use those in a powerful way, but the enemy can also use that to say, you know what, you know, God's not working in your life like he used to. These days aren't as good. You know, there was a day when manna would come down. That was when things were really happening. But now, you know, we're just eating this normal food. You know, this is promised land food, people. This is what they were waiting for. This is the milk and honey land. This is the blessing of God. This is the best that's yet to come. This is God working, but they have to open their eyes to say, you know what? That was great for them. That was a kind of provision God brought me through. That was a special thing God did, but God's doing a new thing. You know, the faith that comes in your heart when you believe God's doing a new thing is powerful. When you let go of the past and believe God for the days ahead, God has a bright future for you. You don't have to dread the future. You don't have to look down the future and say, man, what happens when the manna stops? What happens if this goes away? You know what? God's got new provision for you, new grace for you. He's bringing you into a new time that will show you new ways that he's working, but you have to be able to let go. You know, oftentimes people can live like this. They can, they can say things like, and there was no longer any manna for the people of Israel. And they stop the sentence there. Yep. That's when it quit. Yeah, those were the glory days, man. That's when things were really happening, when the manna was happening. But now there's no more manna. But they forget. There's like a whole other part of the verse. It says, and there was no longer manna for the people of Israel, but they ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan, the promised land, that year. And that's honestly, that's another transition for them where God's moving them from slaves in Egypt to a place where they are able to make things happen in a promised land. God's building them, taking them from glory to glory, but they have to let go of the past. Finally, and third, the place of letting go is God's presence. The place of letting go is God's presence. You know, when you preach a message with points like this, where it's like, hey, you know, you got to let some things go and and you got to forget the past and look towards the future. 
You know, those are wonderful things. And, and truly, I hope everybody does those to some level, but they can kind of sound like life hacks, you know? It's like, you know, yeah, you walk out of here, you're like, that's a good principle. You know, I'm going to let some stuff go. You know, I'm going to declutter and I'm going to think about the future. I'm not going to think about the past anymore. That's good. You know what? That kind of attitude towards letting go and forgetting the past is not a life-changing, powerful attitude. It's not what will bring you into a new normal. It's when you get in the presence of God and you say, God, I'm going to allow you to press on some things. I'm going to allow you to speak to me. God, I'm going to let some things go in your presence because I want to see you work in my life in a way that I can never do on my own. That's where the power is. Because truth be told, without the power of God, there are some things that you will never get over. There are some places you can never move forward. There are some things you will never let go of on your own. You need his help. And that's why this is significant because this isn't just the people being like, hey, as we go into a new normal, you know, we thought these things would be a good idea to do. No, this is God coming to them and meeting, to them, meeting them in a specific place at a specific time. And it's supernatural and it's what really propels them to where he wants to take them. The place was called Gilgal. I want you to, to read this. Today, I've rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. Gilgal means rolling away. This is God saying, you know what? There are things you can't do on your own. Some of you, that's your past and you carry your past with you wherever you go. It's a heavy thing. It's, it's kind of like Egypt was for them. It's like this represents, you know, a time where we were enslaved and that's kind of who we are. And we carry that with us. And you know what? God says, you know, you're my covenant people and that's not who you are. You were slaves at one time, but now you're going to be conquerors because today I've rolled back that reproach and I'm going to work in your life and I'm speaking in your life in a new way because you've let some things go. You know what? It's not based on willpower. That's why you need a Gilgal moment. We all need Gilgal moments where we encounter God in a way and things happen that cannot happen on our own. We're in the presence of God and God does things in our heart and our mind, our thinking and our direction of our life that would not happen outside of his presence. It's the presence of God that changes you. It's the presence of God that was significant. God, I have rolled away. And they said, this place is called Gilgal because this is where, that's where God changed us. That's where God changed us. And that's where we let go of our past and we were ready for what God had for us. You know, as believers, maybe, you know, we should never go very long without a Gilgal moment. Maybe you've gone for a while and you're like, man, I don't remember the last time I was in God's presence where God really spoke to me. I don't remember the last time where God changed me. There was a significant you know, word from the Lord for me or transition in my life. And I'm telling you, you want to get in the presence of God because that's where that's going to happen. You're going to have to say, God, I don't want anything to distract me. I'm going to get in your presence. And that's where God begins to speak to you. God begins to work in your life. And some of you really need that because you're trying to move through life. And you, you know, to be honest, you're trying to grow in God. You know, you're here, you're at church, you're worshiping, you're praying but it seems like there's a block there. 
It's because you're in his presence, but now you need to let some things go and say, God, I can't do this off willpower. God, this isn't something I can make happen. This isn't some self-help thing. This is me saying, God, I need your help. And God, I give this to you. And that's where God speaks to you and his power comes in. You know, walking with God, I've had several moments that would be Gilgal moments. Moments I can think of in my car. Moments where you get alone and you say, God met me there. A few years back, I was going through uh, what I would call a significantly difficult time where there was just a, a constant attack from the enemy. It was super hard. And you know, you're praying through those. Everybody has seasons like that every once in a while where you're like, man, God, I just need your help in a significant way. And I was, you know, you're just praying, you're walking with the Lord and you're, you're doing life and the things you need to be doing. And I remember I was at a men's conference and it would be what I would call a Gilgal moment where, you know, you're just, you're like, God, I just need you. And you're tuned in to the Lord and you're, you're, it's God working in you and doing a deep work in you. But I remember the speaker stopped in their message and they got down on their knees and they said, it was like, well, it was a word, honestly, I felt directly to me. You ever, you ever been a message and it's, you're like, man, it feels like this person is reading my mail. Like, it's like God is speaking right to them for me. It was a moment like that. And the speaker held out their hands and they said, they stopped and they said, I see you. And I can see you with your hands out like this. And they began to talk about the prayers that were being prayed. And it was like, God was speaking right to me. And it was God coming to me in that moment in his care and saying, you know what? I see you. And this isn't you going through life and trying to be, you know, just a spiritual person or you going through life and going from victory to victory where God takes you. This is me doing a significant work in you because I love you. And, and I see you and I'm going to propel you forward by doing this deep work in you. That is a Gilgal moment. It's a moment where God says, I see you. I love you. Yeah, the blessings that you've experienced in your life, they were great and they're awesome. And I have great things for you, but I want you to stop right now and I want to put some put my finger on some things. I want to speak to you about some things in your life. Maybe it's an area of disobedience. Maybe it's a habit, not because I want to make life harder for you. And yes, I understand that getting rid of that will be painful and letting go of that will be painful, but I want to do this work in you because I got something for you because you're going to have to let some things go so I can put some blessing in your hands. You're going to have to let some things go so I can speak to you a new way. Today, I'm going to roll away your past and I'm going to give you a new identity and it's going to propel you forward and everything I have. Because if you walk into the promised land, thinking the way you think and believing what you believe about yourself and about me, you're going to miss it. This is a covenant relationship. This is a relationship where I'm going to carry you, that I determine your identity. And I say that I love you and you are not a slave. You are a conqueror and a child of God. And I care about you and I have things for you. That's what God wants to do in you. It's a Gilgal moment, but you're going to have to let some things go. I think of, you know, that thought of the past and I know that can be very painful, 
That can be something that you're like, man, I just hang on to this because it makes me feel safe and it makes me feel strong. And God's saying, you know what? You don't need that. Let it go. And like, I, I got things for you and I've built you and created you a certain way. And when you let that go, I'm gonna speak into your life. Roll away your past because I got a future for you. And truly, it's not just a fun phrase. When we follow God, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come for you. The best is yet to come. As you lean into God and give him everything, the best is yet to come.